Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm here with Oscar, Lana, Ashi, Yaz. Um, and we're going to be talking about gender identity and just gender in general, which is our second episode on gender, so we hope you enjoy. Um, to start off with, should we go around and say our pronouns and our identities? So I'll start Ruby, she, her. Um, Oscar, he, him. Uh, Lana, they, them. Ashi, he, him. Yaz, they, them. Nice. Um, so to start, as like a general question, what do you think gender means to you? Well, like to me personally, I don't know, my gender didn't affect me that much younger. Like I was like, well, I'm a boy and they're girls. I didn't, we didn't, I didn't have to think about it that much. It was only when I got like older, like I started like caring about it because then I was like, Gay, gay, being gay was a thing, and then, <laughs> and that um, kind of go. Oh wait, this is actually people's gender does have a bearing on my life. But I think comes to gender. I think very much like it's down to the individual, like mm-hmm. what you identify as. Like you don't have to like, I don't know, you don't have to like fit a binary. I don't think. Yeah. Um, me and gender, we've always just existed on separate planes of existence. I don't know what that is. I've never felt particular attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind it when my like my mom or sister or whatever will refer to me as sister and daughter or whatever like that I don't mind but and and people always mistake me for a boy and I don't mind that either it's mm-hmm. just like I'm completely detached from it even they them pronouns they make me slightly more comfortable than the others but they're not like I don't know there's just but nothing it's still somewhat of a binary that you don't feel like quite yeah there's just nothing there yeah <laughs> I I don't know I feel like gender's not that big of a thing but it just kind of was for me because i'm trans and i guess it's just like your sense of self mm-hmm. just kind of how you're comfortable it's just kind of like not to put words in your mouth but is it like kind of how you exist and how you present yourself and stuff like that or yeah i feel like it's just like kind of like I can't. No, I'm oh, sorry. I'm really bad at this. That's okay. We can cut out any bit where you're wobbling. <laughs> <laughs> like all of it. Is there like any analogy you could make, like mm. compare comparison? I can't speak. It's kind of weird because I guess recently, like because I'm having like less dysphoria, I'm it's less important to me. Mm-hmm. But like before, it was just really big part of you. Yeah. Yeah. And since starting. Um, Tea. You okay talking about this? But yeah. Um, have you felt that your gender identity has? You feel more comfortable in it, or has anything changed or anything? Or I feel like I'm. I just feel more comfortable, and it. I don't think it's as big thing anymore because like it used to. Like dysphoria just was a constant reminder, mm-hmm. like constantly, that I was uncomfortable. But now that I have, like less dysphoria, mm-hmm. I don't really think about it as much. It's just kind of. Yeah. Um, I think for me, well, I only started identifying as non-binary in the last couple of years. Um, and even that sort of identity doesn't necessarily feel like quite right for me because I relate a lot to what Lana was saying when they said that gender just wasn't a thing, that they felt very detached from gender. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I just... I, when I started using they-them pronouns, um, you know, it wasn't... It was less... Uh, because she had made me feel uncomfortable. And it's more just, I don't love introducing myself as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, so, like, exactly what Lana was saying about 
I don't mind my mum calling me whatever. I don't mind my close friends that know me for a long time calling me whatever. Because mm-hmm. they know me separately from gender. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't look at me and see a girl. They don't look at me and see anything else. Mm-hmm. They just look at me and see Yaz. Yeah. Um, and so I don't love that gender is, you know, it's often a way that people are separated in school. Um, P is boys and girls. In school, it would be, if, if we just wanted to split the class into who it would be girls do this, boys do this. Um, I never like that. I also have never felt... Um, I have never had confusion about whether I might be a boy mm-hmm. because I, I know I'm not um, but I also just I was talking to my psychology teacher about gender and I said to her I just don't believe in gender as a scientific idea in psychology we look at sex and gender as different which they are mm-hmm. um, especially you know today in this day and age sex and gender are different uh, but if sex and gender are completely separate from one another I don't see how you can isolate gender as its own solid binary thing. Mm-hmm. If someone identifies very strongly one side of the spectrum, they can identify as female or male. But I don't think that you can assign people genders if you're going to say that they're separate things. Mm-hmm. I just, um, yeah. I think it's, it's what you make it. Mm. Um, so for me personally, I think like, um, I know that I identify more as, more as female, but like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, it's not really like a, I think gender is less and becoming less and less important in today's day and age. Like the gap between females and males are it's very much shortening, which is a good thing. But it's not like I'm. I, I used to identify as non-binary, but I felt as I kind of grew up a little bit, I kind of identify more as female. But I don't really care. Like, I, yeah, fuck that. yeah. I also used to feel I, I've always had a dodgy sort of relationship with my body, mm-hmm. um, and I experienced what I suppose you could pinpoint as dysphoria, where mm-hmm. I just hate my body being seen in a very effeminate way Mm -hmm. um but it's taken me a long time to to sort of decide and i'm still deciding i'm still not sure about this label but at the moment it makes me comfortable but it's taken me a long time to sort of decide whether that's the patriarchy telling me that you know female bodies in any context except heterosexual and feminine um or you know porn if it's a lesbian body Mm -hmm. um me accepting that, that my body is okay you know i'm i have since I've you know, got into a relationship and since I've started growing up my body hair and since I've become more comfortable with the way I dress, I've become more and more comfortable with my body. Hmm. Nice. I think one thing I've had more recently, <coughs> sorry, this was never like a thing when I was younger so much, it's just, like weirdly enough, you say you've, become, you've cared about gender less recently. Mm. I've sort of gone the opposite. Oh, really? Well, yeah, it's like, because in a lot of ways, like I'm not very traditionally masculine. But I quite often, I still partly want to be perceived like that. Mm. So then I feel sort of like this kind of like, like do I want to act this way or do I not? Or like, do I want people to, how do I want people to view me? And quite often, because like, I think, yeah, I, I know, I don't like feeling like I'm not a boy. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, I don't know, that just happens. Like, it's like, you're kind of like, you're kind of a bit branded as one of the girls, especially as most of my friends are girls. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I just feel that makes me feel a bit weird. And like, because I, and I, so I think I do... So I have a weird feel. I have a really, I have a, a weird relationship with gender because I kind of want to diverge from it and like kind of express myself. But at the same time, I also like want people to see me as this like very simple binary, which I just yeah. is not what I am really. But mm-hmm. like, I want people to perceive me as you know like male, not like a gay guy, like just male, mm-hmm. and like which is kind of toxic because <laughs> like because it's sort of like and you can get whatever internalized homophobia or anything. But it's just because I like, quite often with other people like really expressing like wow that's so cool that's amazing. When I try it, when I'm like what should I do? I'm like. <laughs> not a chance well that's a bit like um, if you don't mind me no, but uh, <clears throat> there's a scene in Modern Family 
Um, where Cam, who is, in case anyone hasn't seen Modern Family, Mitch and Cam are a gay couple in Modern Family and they have a daughter, Lily, and I haven't seen the recent seasons, but I think they have another child. Um, but Cam gets a, his, his husband makes him a, a Mother's Day breakfast and he gets really offended and, and Mitch says it's not because he's a mum, it's just because he deserves to relax and then you realise throughout the day that people treat him like the mum in the relationship and it's often something that happens with gay men being oh one of the girls I think it's because specifically heterosexual cisgender women um, don't know where to group sort of not feminine men but just men that um, treat masculinity in a yeah (laughs) that treat masculinity in in a different way to to like whatever the macho toxic version of masculinity is I think it it women since you know the suffragette movement have been told that to be masculine is to be strong mm-hmm. um and then it's always seen as humiliating to be seen as as, as feminine um and that's I think that's just the patriarchy I think a lot of men feel that way mm-hmm. yeah. I think also because it's not I just because I'm glad, I'm glad I don't feel that way about other people because that would be like a problem I was like why are they like doing that because I know that's something I don't feel but it's just with myself I can't like give myself the same break basically mm-hmm. and um I don't know, yeah, it's just a really, it's just a very weird sort of, it's a very weird I, sort of identity thing because I just don't really know where I want to stand. And I don't, okay, I, I, it, I, I think about it more than I feel like I should or like how, I don't know, just something, it's something that I, it's on my mind a lot of the time. Okay, um, should everybody question their gender? Is it in today's age with more people coming out as non-binary and questioning and exploring other things should everybody question their gender or is it something just more personal you should question your gender if you feel like you need to i think it's good that we live in a time where it's acceptable to question your gender so if we lived um even 10 years ago right if i mean i was alive 10 years ago but you know (laughs) if if i was this age 10 years ago um i probably wouldn't i'd probably identify as a a butch lesbian Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't i'm not a binary trans person so I don't identify as trans some non-binary people do but I don't I don't feel that it works for me mm. um, but I think that I would be comfortable with that but I'm just so much more comfortable like this and so I think it's good that I live in a time where I I can sort of question my gender and in a few years you know maybe my identity will be identity will be completely different mm. but I think it's good to live in a time where you're allowed to just think about it a bit yeah Yeah, that makes sense because um i have some family friends and originally they were a lesbian couple and now one of them identifies as non-binary and they um before that they were just a very heavily butch lesbian but now you know with things getting more open and you know the discussion being opened up they realize that actually les they're not a woman and that they so they change their pronouns and it's still it's really good that um actually they're going to adopt a child and because of this kind of thing they want to raise the child you know like able to question gender and not in any particular binary or stereotypes mm-hmm. not in any particular gender role mm-hmm. so I'd like to come to that point about um young children because there is a growing worry and concern about very young very very young children um not necessarily uh, of course like raising a child to be not on the binary is a good thing because it's like it it doesn't enforce stereotypes and stuff but there are some parents who do kind of force it a little bit 
was wondering if you could comment on that. Yeah, I think there's a difference between raising your child um, without gender roles mm-hmm. and raising your child without gender. Yeah. Um, I watched a documentary and these two tr- trans men mm-hmm. had a baby and one of them actually carried the baby. Um, and he was just talking about what that meant for him and for gender and he, he was a, you know, he was a dad. Um, but he was pregnant with a baby and he would go to these classes and they were all called mummy and baby mm. um, and they would ask you know mums to do this and he wasn't a mum mm. and he also not that it makes a difference obviously trans men are, are men in anywhere in their transition but he was like he had a beard he was like a you know if he wasn't pregnant every, no one would know any different mm. um, and he said how lots of people raise their children uh, without gender and he thought that was he didn't want to make his child go through what he was forced to go through. He said questioning his gender was one of the hardest parts of his life and having to decide on a solid sort of identity. He said it was best to raise his child um, with the gender that they were assigned at birth, but make it very clear that it was safe for them to explore their gender. And I, I think there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like just gender in general was quite a personal or individual thing. Mm. I kind of thought, I mean, I don't really know, but I guess to most people, it doesn't matter like that much anymore. Mm. Um, it's quite good to just have the room to be able to just like question things. Mm. Yeah. One yeah. thing that's like quite controversial, I just want to put it out here, is, is they, like, it's quite controversial, but a lot of people in sport, a lot of people like are quite against them, is puberty blockers. Mm. And like, I just want to know what people sort of think about like those and their use really. Yeah, for me, like having puberty blockers would have changed everything. It would have, like, I guess, kind of all the dysphoria I went like went through. I wouldn't have gone through that. And you can go off puberty blockers, and you just go through puberty again. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that um, taking hormones, you know, taking estrogen or testosterone, taking hormone replacement therapy, is something that should be very carefully thought through and a person should identify with the identity for, for you know however long I don't know how this works because I haven't I don't medi- I don't plan to medically transition I haven't medically transitioned but um it, you know I, I assume that there's an um, amount of time that you have to wait for is that is that right um usually I mean it's kind of complicated but I guess like NHS waiting list there's only like one like child clinic um waiting this like two years to get like your first appointment and then usually you'd start on puberty blockers for a year before even going (coughs) yeah Mm -hmm. like before anyone goes on it like hormones so much time so yeah i think it's something that should be thought through but in terms of hormone blockers um obviously if that child thinks it's right for them then Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you it's not um there's a certain amount of time you have to think should i should I have, you know, should I be going by through puberty by now? Because at some point you have to go through a puberty because mm. um, it's something your body sort of has to do to mature properly. But um, I don't see why delaying that by a couple of years while someone yeah. um, gets comfortable with their body is, is a bad thing. Without it, you know, the the rates of, of suicide are significantly yeah. higher in young trans people and it's just... Because puberty blockers don't even have, like, they have about the same number of side effects as any other drug. Like, any other drug will make, mm-hmm. you, will make you have those same sort of side effects. But um, my friend Gray, he, he um, realised his identity was male in about 
what, like year eight, he'd been questioning for a long, long, long time. And so he sort of socially transitioned about then, but he has only just got his first gender therapy appointment at 17, even though he, you know, if he'd had the opportunity to take those puberty blockers, I know he would have been a lot happier because, mm. you know, I was with him through that experience and I was the one who helped him get through it and mm-hmm. calling him at 3am, you know. <laughs> so mm. I think it would be a lot It also more makes helpful. that medical transition a lot easier for the yeah. medical professionals. Like, yeah. if you've not... Um, an example being top surgery. If that's not developed, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are issues with bottom surgery because certain things, I'm not going to go into details, but just certain things need to develop a certain way um, for that surgery to then be possible. Um, but and, and that is often a little bit more difficult if you've not gone through um, you know, some form of puberty first. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a lot of other things, top surgery, in terms of for trans women especially, because the um, development... Uh, you know, a, a masculine puberty, it, it's a lot more severe than a, a feminine puberty. A lot more happens um, that's that's not as reversible, and so I think that it's just it's an important thing to to let people think about, if not to just. And I think puberty blockers are helpful even for people who aren't trans. Like I had my puberty when I was nine years old, and I really <laughs> could have done without that, to be mm. honest. So if they'd stuck me on them for just a couple of years, let me go when everyone else was you know, 11, 12, that would have made my life so much easier because mm. the amount of filling I got was just, you know, it was absolutely great. I loved it. Yeah. Best time of my life. I think the issue I think a lot of people have with puberty blockers is that if you think back to when you were prepubescent to postpubescent, we're kind of entering that stage now. Um, I think with puberty, it's something which is a natural process. However, um, some people might argue that if you put your kid on quite strong hormone therapies like a lot I'm not sure the science of it too much but some people worry that um it can psychologically be quite damaging <coughs> I was wondering if you comment on that so I feel like she knows the most about yeah. stuff yeah um sorry what was the question just kind of like um puberty blockers and hormones starting early because like when you're 10 or 11 do you think you would have been able to distinguish what your identity was I mean, I kind of feel like in the back of my mind, I just kind of always knew. Mm. Like, yeah, of course. Cause, I don't know, with gender, I kind of think you're just kind of born a certain way and that's just how you are. Yeah. And I think like most people's worry is like, um, I guess long-term effects on hormone blockers aren't really known, mm-hmm. but it, you kind of have to like look at the whole picture and it's like, is this more beneficial than harm? Like if this child like really, really is like not coping and has like such bad dysphoria mm-hmm. and it's probably better and like to take that weight off for them to go on puberty blockers then mm-hmm. I mean you can you go off of them and sorry I'm really bad at talking well so there's one thing that like a lot of people do say like quite a lot of people who are against them will go um Oh, well, because people do there are cases of people detransitioning it's a thing that happens but when they talk about this they like they don't tend to show how rare it actually mm. is. Like mm. it is like a ridiculously low portion of people, and so like so I guess their fear is that like every child who like every child who takes like an takes puberty blockers or whatever, they will basically end up being like, well, I made a I made a mistake. When actually that's a very small minority. And also, it's not like hormone replacement therapy. Like puberty blockers, you go off them and you go through 
the puberty of the gender you were assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah, not, and you um, can go off them any time, really. Yeah, yeah, and it just means going through puberty a couple of years later. Like, um, you know, m- one of my friends, uh, one of my friends who is a cis male, uh, he went through puberty at, you know, 15. And another one went through it properly at 17. Mm-hmm. Like, ages vary, and yeah, so... Sort of medically, in quotes, forcing those ages to vary mm-hmm. isn't really a difference to it happening naturally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like, just, I'm sorry. Like, I had my puberty when I was nine, which was sort of medically. It was, it was a medical thing. I don't know. They essentially, when they did um, my brain surgery, it allowed my uh, pituitary gland to actually work, and suddenly it was like, whoa, hormones! You have those. Um, and then my sister went through it at twelve, but then my mum didn't hit puberty until she was seventeen, which is very unusual for a woman. But mm. she's like a cis woman. If if a, if someone was on puberty blockers and didn't go through puberty until seventeen, everyone would be crazy. But like it happens anyway. Yeah. I think people have a tendency to place trans bodies in a way that they don't place exactly. bodies. Yeah. But also, I think a lot of things, people, they just, they've got this idea in their head that like, that people giving kids hormone blockers and stuff is hurting them. Like, they're like exposing them to like, really like, weird and like, dark things. It's like, then people have got this, yeah, there's sort of this, this idea that like, kids shouldn't really be informed about that sort of thing. Mm. When like, I think in a lot of ways it can be beneficial for them to at least know about what's going on around them. Like know that they could be, you know, they, they might identify differently than the general public. Like mm-hmm. they might, also, people yeah, don't people don't panic about using hormone replacement therapy for cis women going through menopause. Yeah. People don't panic about people using hormone replacement therapy as birth control because that's what the pill is. There's a progesterone only and there's an estrogen progesterone pill. Yeah. Both of those things are feminine hormones, the same ones that would be given to trans women. Um, well, you know, someone's going to come for me on the internet. I don't know <laughs> if they're exactly the same ones, but they are the... Different yeah. amounts, but it's the same hormones. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I actually, um, that this is a separate thing, but I disagree with the use of of um, the the pill uh, as a primary birth control method mm. for cis women because, um, you know, obviously it's, it's not just used for birth control. It's used to control periods. It's used for all these things. And I think that's really good. But I think um, people aren't properly informed mm. of the... Of the of the risks and the emotional and physical toll of taking hormones at age, you know, I have friends that are 16 and they're on the pill as birth control, mm. not not for any other reason, it's just birth control. Um, and I think that in the same way that uh, trans bodies shouldn't be policed and cis bodies aren't policed, I think that there should just be a little bit of, rather than policing, if people decide to still do these things, that's fine. But I just think it's just about education, isn't it? Yeah. It's about people being aware of, of what these hormones are doing to their bodies. And if you're aware of, of these risks and of these differences it's going to make on your body and on the way you experience puberty, then just let people do what they want with their bodies. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. going off what Oscar was saying, like not exposing your kids to the fact that gender identities can and maybe even will change and there are different people with different genders that they might not even know well if you don't expose your kids to that your kids are going to grow up not knowing what to do if they are one of those genders if they they do feel like their gender is different from their Mm. assigned gender at birth and it can make them feel too scared to tell their parents and you just create a really hostile environment to be honest i do definitely think that um mandatory education about different gender identities and should be mandatory in school at a quite early on because it completely well it doesn't completely avoid it but at least it informs 
um, yeah. younger children of what their thinking is valid. So I wonder if you do, do you want do you remember when you first kind of like you kind of entered the forefront of your brain that you might be trans or or um, that you weren't a, a girl. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird because I feel like when I was really little, I just kind of thought I was a boy, but I guess other people, like, obviously didn't. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess that idea kind of, like, stayed, but I just kind of pushed it to the back of my brain. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about, like, trans people until literally, like... Like, I didn't know what transgender was till like, quite old, mm-hmm. like... Probably like eleven. Well, I didn't. I still didn't really understand it. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I kind of knew what it was, but I still didn't. I was like, what? Um, And do you think if you'd had education, um, in primary school or through external like influences, do you think that might have, yeah, definitely easier for you perhaps or I. It would have just been nice to know that like what I was feeling isn't like completely just like because I basically grew up just. Uh, feeling that like everything that I was feeling was like weird mm. and like not normal and that I shouldn't be thinking that and like if I knew that I'm not like the only person who kind of feels like that mm. I wouldn't have grown up being like what the fuck I'm completely like cause this I'm completely like not normal and separate from everyone else mm-hmm. and it's quite isolating to just yeah yeah um um, can we talk about like maple doctrine? No, nothing. Which is <laughs> um, prejudice. We talked about prejudice outside the community. Um, have you ever experienced anything internally in the community? Because we're all queer here, so like. Well, I identify as as non-binary. Um, oh, I don't even identify as non-binary, but I use they them pronouns. Right. Um, but I also identify as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, that word is a word that that. Uh, for whatever, for patriarchal reasons, for reasons because of what porn's made the word mean. You know, the word lesbian is a porn genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a lot more comfortable with gay. For I, I realised I was I was gay when I was um, 12 or 13. I told my parents when I was 15. And uh, when I said it to my mum, she, she hated me using the word lesbian. Really? She said, can you just say gay? Mm-hmm. Um, and now my parents are absolutely fine with it. And I've been with it for a number of years. Um, but it took a little while for them to be comfortable with the word lesbian. And I think it's because that word is so driven by, by sex. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, and I think I've also had a couple of people... One person said to me, you can't be a, a lesbian and use they them pronouns mm. um, because lesbians are women. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe so, but I'm not, not a woman, but I'm also not yeah. necessarily... Yeah. I've heard quite a few, like... Um, sapphic account. Sapphic is a yeah, yeah. other word people don't know um, for lesbian. Um, and they, a lot of people I see in the comments are like, oh, why can you have non binary lesbians? That just doesn't make sense. And people are like, well, it's kind of a bit more f- complicated than just saying that know, identity and gender do, sorry, yeah. sexuality and gender do interact. Um, I think a lot of people have difficulty with that. But I think um, a lot of the thing is that even though the LGBTQ plus community has, you know, we've got so many new words for gender identities yeah. and we've got so many new words for sexualities, you know, polysexual, pansexual. I mm. mean, pansexual is not new, but like poly is sort of there. But where are the words for non-binary people attracted to just one gender? Yeah. There isn't a like... Mm-hmm. and you know non-binary loving woman or like woman loving non-binary and mm-hmm. it, it's like 
it's all comes under like pan or bi still yeah. and it's like I'm not bi I like women mm-hmm. but I'm also not a woman yeah. so I'm not a woman and I'm not like mm-hmm. technically a lesbian but that's the one that's close enough yeah. and, yeah. It, and it took me so long to get comfortable with the word lesbian um, and now I'm not allowed to use it because I'm exploring my exactly. gender yeah. and um, I also I just I can't remember what I was going to say at all it's completely <laughs> lost never mind yeah it's just not I've always thought that I was just like, well, you know, what else can I call myself if mm-hmm. not a lesbian? I don't know why people care so much. Like, it's yeah, just exactly. Like, yeah. like whatever word suits you. Like, I think it's your identity. It's not theirs. And yeah. There's also, yeah. there's people that use it. I think it comes from a place of people having previously misused the word lesbian in a malicious way. So yeah. cis het men saying mm-hmm. that they were lesbians to get onto you know lesbian dating apps and to to say that they like to have sex with lesbians mm. and oh I God, think a guy literally yeah. said that to me once you know the definition of bigot so we're going to call him bigot and <laughs> he he came up to me one time because he was in uh like my tutor class and he um just looked at me and I was like one of the few gay people in the school and I was an out lesbian and he just went I really want a lesbian girlfriend because lesbian sex is so hot and I was just like, what? Exactly. You can't say that to me. Also, we're like 15. Why are you thinking these things? <laughs> There's like quite a lot of fetishization of lesbians. I think a lot. And that is not good. Yeah. But that's more... Well, it's like lesbian, lesbian porn is basically like... For, it's for men. Yeah. It's not for yeah. women. And it's straight, usually straight women. <clears throat> I don't um, watch porn because I, I think it's warped by the cishet uh, p- male perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen porn. Um like through other means just people watching it there was a boy watching it in my computer science class once it's just it's become such a normalized part of how young people especially young men um learn about sex and i think that that's one of the reasons i was so uncomfortable with the word lesbian i also do remember what i was going to say now (laughs) which was that um you know uh a person who is masculine identifying wouldn't call themselves a lesbian a person who is uncomfortable it's used in a malicious way or it's used in a way where people feel it feels right Mm -hmm. and you know um i i know a man who is he is a a trans man and he is bisexual um and he wouldn't call himself sapphic Mm -hmm. because he's not a woman who likes women like people that misuse the word aren't doing it like if i identify as a lesbian and people know that i'm a decent person there's no need to like Mm -hmm. take me up on that um, yeah, just as someone who has never heard that word before, what does Sapphic mean? Sapphic, um, have you ever heard of Sappho? Lesbian, ancient Greek poet. Um, oh, no, maybe. It's just like a, it's like a quite, in, it's not a new term, but it's more it's used like, now because it's less incendiary than lesbian. It was an or, academic, um, it was originally a term used by um, academics and people who sort of yeah. read that sort of thing. Classy. It's <laughs> basically <laughs> the um, academic way of saying you know WLW, Women yeah. Loving Women. It's a person who's feminine identifying who likes women. It could be bisexual women. It could be pansexual women. Mm-hmm. It could be lesbians. Um, but it's a word for, you know, it's an umbrella term for women who like women. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. it could be and other people, but... Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like, like women who at least like other women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, like, the different identities of gender in the community. Because there are increasing numbers. I'd like to talk about like people thinking that age and gender and like how they interact like um, 
What are they called? Are talking about penisexuals? Yeah. What's yeah. the what's maps? Um, maps. Yeah. That's it. Minor attractive people. Interview and and no maps. No. Non non offending minor attractive yeah. people. Yeah. It's just like I think people uh, seeing gender and age. Like seeing age as a sexuality. Yeah, or... How? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> age can't be a sexuality because age is not a gender yeah. and sexuality is like attraction to a, yeah. a gender. Or not a gender. Or not I, a gender. I was actually yeah. watching a documentary about... Um, well, in the documentary, they just called them paedophiles. Let's but just like, say paedophiles. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> Well, no, because like, then they were like... They just talk about specific what paedophile actually means. Like, um, But a lot of people... Some people, it does actually form in the brain in a similar way to a sexuality. Um, mm. But it's not... In linking to one enough, I think it should be able to be brought into. Because I do, th- I think, like, so, I mean, obviously, not, they've done like horrible things. I think we should, ideally, if we can, try and help them because, like, quite a lot yeah. of the time. But I also, I don't think we should can be including them as part of the oh, yeah. LGBT community. No, it's just not the community. same. I, um, it's not the same thing. I can't remember where I was. I heard this, but I, I could swear that it was yesterday. Someone was talking about um, sexuality and and that sort of thing, and um, one of them spoke about. Oh, it was a. I was. Um, it was about. I was at university. I was going to talk about psychology. They were talking about um, criminal psychology, yeah. and um, one of the things they were talking about was paedophilia. Uh, we can call it paedophilia. It's a technical term for adults who are attracted to yeah. children and only children. No, map is more um, like weirdly enough more of a. Um, term. Map is a word that's used by people who think it's a sexual identity and who are proud of of it, which is, um, yeah, which which is, is interesting. disgusting. <laughs> um, but uh, we're talking about it, and it is, um, you know, it's a sexuality. Uh, saying it's a sexuality doesn't mean that it's valid, like, doesn't mean that it's something you're allowed to do, but uh, we're talking about people, p- making people aware that it's a sexuality means that they can come forward and get treatment for it, because while it is something that people experience and it's natural, it's biological, it might be the way that they're born, that doesn't mean that it's something that they can act on. And so lots of people, um, paedophiles, people that experience sexual attraction to children and to minors, um, not people that with pickaxes, people like that <laughs> age, um, they, they can go forward and they can get help and they never act on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's almost, uh, and you know, people want to call me controversial, but that's brave. Right, people yeah. know that they feel a certain way. They know that it's disgusting, and that it needs help. And the, so they go and get help. The one thing with these people, like some of them, because I, I, I was like, cause I was, I was quite interested in this topic. I was like, so I watched quite a few like documentaries about it and stuff. And one thing I did have a problem with is, is there's quite a lot of people who say they're non-offenders but have watched child porn. Like mm, yeah. it's straying a bit, yes. but like it's just like, that was like one quick point. It's just like I just don't see how that's non-offending. <laughs> yeah, because someone had to make that, and I that meant in a way calling it a sexuality can validate the feelings of those who don't quite feel that it's disgusting and therefore we should be careful with the term because although there are obviously no maps non-offending people who want to get better and recognize that there is something wrong and and sort of i'm gonna use this but sick about it um then obviously it's best if they come forward and get help but calling it a sexuality might just validate them and and their feelings to go and you know actually act on those impulses and yeah the word sexuality actually you're completely right with that and it devalues us when people associate paedophiles with the lgbt community then it reinforces all those boomers who think that Mm. you know gay people are inherently perverts yeah there's a historical link of people or link um attitude of people thinking that gay specifically gay men are paedophiles and exactly. I think when we don't need identi- that another we don't need yeah, that we need a renaissance of basically like I think just because it is similar in some ways to a sexuality it doesn't it's, mean it is. it's not because it isn't linked to gender it's exactly. it's something that is 
just it doesn't it's, it's inherently harmful for at least one of the people involved yeah. and it's, it's like, also um, you know people like to also talk about how Mm. Yes, exactly. Well, it's not necessarily well, the feelings aren't necessarily correct, but, they, but the, the attitude. Yeah, and um, and I think that also, you know, people like to say that homosexuality was once a crime, mm-hmm. um, but the thing is, lots of things were once crimes or are now crimes or won't be one day. But this is never not going to be harmful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is never not going to be taken advantage. A child advantage. can never consent. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's let, it, with everything we've spoken about. Let's just make it clear that we all agree that a child can't can't consent like yeah. for anyone I don't think listening anyone's going to be arguing with us on no, that one no but for anyone <laughs> wants to like twist our words yeah no. like um yeah a child yeah. it's never going to be consent. okay but yeah I think we need to discuss it yeah we have strayed we've stayed very far from um I'd like to talk about um other cultures view on gender so you're the expert <laughs> so I'm the only um as far as I'm aware right I'm the only person from a non-western culture here am I yeah. Right. Um, my family is from Pakistan. Well, half of it's from Ireland, so we'll probably ignore <laughs> that lot. But um, my family, the rest of my family is from Pakistan. Um, so we are Muslims. Um, uh, and obviously it's in, in Asia. And, and um, I think that people like to look at the idea of more than two genders um, and gender being separate from, from biological sex. They like to look at that as a modern idea. And that's a very Eurocentric view. Um, you know, uh, Native American cultures... Uh, have had um, the idea of, of two spirit for s- since the beginning of of there being Native American people, which was you know before the United States of America came and nicked it all, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and pretended that a good it never existed. Years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that um, the only reason I know about that is because after having to argue with people about uh, how my culture has the idea of more than two genders, um, I've had to sort of research that sort of thing. Um, so in Pakistan, we have, um, I cannot pronounce the word because I've never heard anyone say it because it is still seem as a bit shameful, um, but Hydra, I want to say, and it's uh, the idea of a third gender um, and it's often people that were assigned male at birth um, that now identify as more feminine. Um, so you could say trans women, you could say um, assigned male non-binary people. Um, some people were assigned female at birth, but that's uh, slightly more rare. Um, and also intersex people, so people mm-hmm. with um, non tra- non traditional uh, sexual characteristics, um, and our word is hydra, and those people uh, are actually, um, you know, experience quite a lot of oppression in Pakistan, but they are acknowledged as a real thing, like they can have it on mm. their passport. Pakistan has just passport. Um, Pakistan has just um, agreed that all costs of transitioning will be covered by the government. Yeah, no, I, saw that. I think mm. I think um, I saw it in your Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that it's just, again, just a big thing of people thinking that, that if it didn't exist in the West before, it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, the same goes for a big one I always bring up, actually wrote about it in my university essay, is turmeric, right? People like to talk about turmeric and how it's like the new thing. It's not the new thing. My nan has been using it for when I'm sick for years, but now that it's medically backed, as um, something that's anti-inflammatory, the West they invented it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important when we talk about the idea of, of non-binary genders and of, um, of that sort of thing being new, that we we look at 
other cultures and we think are we looking at it from a really eurocentric standpoint mm-hmm. or is it actually new yeah which is something i think i think we i think most people like can, well, not most people but quite a lot of people can be quite guilty of that like you don't most people don't do it on purpose but no, you not at all. you, just but you will sort of go at people like I, i've definitely i've definitely done it before like I kind of will think something like that. I'll be like, oh wait, I didn't know this culture had this. And yeah. that's just yeah. a problem with like the education system and everything at large. Yeah. yeah, to lead off of that, like although I am I am white, a hundred percent white, um, I do know a lot about quite a few other cultures. For example, in the Philippines before it was colonized by, you know, white people. White fuckers. Anyway, <laughs> they had um trans people were worshipped as um messengers of the gods and because they they you know they they identified with a different gender or no gender at all that was seen as like godly and powerful and again women were equal to men and then the whites came along and destroyed that and talking on a language basis since you know i study a lot of languages i'm writing my epq on languages a although european languages you know german even english all those languages they they have gendered languages. Mm. A lot of Asian languages, Korean, Japanese, Tagalog, they don't have mm. a gender at all. The only gender comes maybe in honorifics, yeah. but you can drop those and use gender neutral ones mm. really, really easily. So although now in those countries, <coughs> um, you know, like homosexuality and trans uh, gender identity is kind of is oppressed and not supported by the government, it is historically been supported and that's why their languages they don't they just never had gender they never mm. thought it was necessary yeah and now um, it is but i think like so with some you mentioned about like european countries so i'm not sure about any other countries but i know that in swedish we have um hen which is they and it's always been used yeah, it's like, like in german like really? das. 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 Yeah, das is it though yeah, yeah. No, i know but like they have it and they are of equal use so that's is just way less than doing yeah no no it's not like a big thing but it's just and like yeah. um I, study it. <laughs> I think especially in sweden like you you do find that a lot of kids are raised non-binary because there is this historical use of hen and i think like you know if, if we could only use that over here that'd be good but like yeah be great. You know, it, it doesn't the, just the solely are pretty on point with all this stuff mm. to be oh honest. definitely like yeah, yeah. Sweden and I'd say, yeah. Norse, but like. Yeah. And I think Finland as well. Denmark is really good as well. In um, Pakistan, uh, Hydra. There's another word for it because I think Hydra is actually an offensive term, so I apologise if anyone is (laughs) from uh, from Pakistan's. Does that uh, word come from the word Hydra? No idea, mate. I don't know the origin of the language, Um, unfortunately. But um, possibly. Uh, But. Um, so I apologise if anyone's listening to this, it just happens to be the word that I know because um, people experience a lot of uh, discrimination was the word I was looking for mm-hmm. um, in Pakistan for being non-binary, but, you know, they're acknowledged to exist. Um, they're also seen to have, like, not be messengers of the gods because that's sort of uh, sacrilegious in, in Islam, but uh, they're seen to have sort of magical s- stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they take, you know, they're paid to dance at uh, what is essentially a christening. Um, when new babies are born and all of this stuff and they live in their own communities um, I just think that's really cool just wanted to mention that Um, we track it up a little bit Um, so as a final section we always do like advice so um, what kind of advice would you give to people who are questioning their gender or going through transition or just kind of tips and tricks (laughs) I guess just give it time and think about what whatever's going on now won't always be going on like in the future it will be different 
<laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I guess just like give yourself space. It's okay, like not to know everything. Just um, yeah, give yourself. I can't speak. <laughs> You're speaking really well. Oh uh, no, no. <laughs> I really hate. I mean, um, I'm not very good at speaking. <laughs> um, yeah, give yourself like space to just question things and like give it time. It's not a rush. Yeah, I think it. it um, don't worry about just not being sure. Like, uh, I think I had a lot of fear, and I think that stemmed from, you know, the, the internet saying that uh, lots of trans people do transition and that that's wrong and that doesn't make they really not bl- I was one thing, They really blow up those numbers. Like, I thought it, I was under the impression it was like quite a lot of people. It's really not. No, like, it's like, it's like I, I know of six people. As in, I, after a lot of research, I know of six people that have ever done it. Um, but, and even that's not necessarily after medically transitioning. Mm. But um, but I just think that, like, I'm not sure. I'm I'm an adult, and I'm I'm not sure about my gender identity, and I'm very comfortable with that. And other people, no one ever says to me, "Oh, you're not sure. You're making it up." It's okay to just not be sure, and to just when people, if you bother you about it, it's like, gender is fluid, sexuality is fluid. None of these things are solid. Things change through your life. Mm-hmm. Just just choose whatever way of dressing, whatever name, whatever pronouns work right for you. One of my friends is non-binary and they've been taking testosterone for a long time now and their name has changed as in they've changed their name three or four times and every single time their friends and stuff have supported them mm-hmm. and they've been just as non-binary, they've been just as agendered, they've been just as all these things. There's no need to panic, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be afraid to change your labels, change your pronouns and find what's best for you because I know that so many people like oh it's a phase it's just a phase and if you change your identity you feel like you're proving them right but like everything's a phase there's nothing yeah. wrong with having a phase like i know a lot of people who like now identify. like i thought i was bisexual no mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> I, like, I, I know i thought i was bi for ages and like i know people who thought about it and now straight it's like i think it's totally valid like mm. it's yeah. a totally valid process that every, i think everyone should be able to go should be allowed to like consider and like think yeah. about especially with tokenism like i was the only lesbian at my second school um and so i was always really nervous to like explore my gender explore my sexuality um because people knew me as yeah as a lesbian um and and i've realized that like who gives a flying fuck like just do what makes you happy they're not going to be there forever those people also mm-hmm. yeah it's just like one quick thing it's um i think people do like because a lot of people like labels like, i'm feel, i like identifying as gay i feel quite comfortable in that label but I think because but that sort of led some people to think that like they have to identify by label, and, like even if they don't necessarily feel comfortable doing that, that's like what that's sort of what they've been taught to do from a young age, and um, and <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think people need to. I mean, people need to see labels as more of an option rather than like an end goal sometimes like if it's that what fits you yeah it's okay to say I like women and not identify as a lesbian or bisexual Mm -hmm. well yeah it's okay to not know but equally don't push the lack of labels on yourself no if you feel comfortable with them go for it don't care about what other people say it's okay to just whatever makes you happy I guess it's okay to never have a label don't see either don't see either I think I think they're both are equal. You yeah, don't see either of them as like bad, like oh I'm conforming or oh, I'm uh, or I'm like random. I'm sticking out. I don't really know what I am. It's like both are like totally valid ways to go. And like I don't think, and I think I think that's not something that people do here enough. Like they like they can just like not want a label. They can really want to identify with a label. Mm-hmm. It's okay to never have a label, but it's okay to have a hundred labels throughout yeah. your life. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Like, I feel like you you come to that like 
you just you just end up at a point you're either a person you kind of you, that's that label suits you it fits you well or you're just now nah, I'm just vibing I don't really yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and on that note <laughs> thank you for listening um yeah that's all thank you for coming to talk to us about this it was really interesting um if you have any questions or you'd like to contact us you can find us on instagram at u.thpodcast or you can email us at youthxpodcast if you'd like it to be a bit more anonymous so thank you for listening again um contact us if you have any questions or you'd like to be on the show um that's all thank you bye bye -bye. we are straight up vibing yeah